Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, we're back in Key West. Another hasher from Key West. Actually, she lives in the same house as one of the people who's been on the podcast before. Welcome today on the podcast, a well-traveled hasher, often on the water. Welcome, Darshi Blows. Welcome. Thank you, Ra. Hi. All right. Let's tell everybody your background. When and where and how did you start hashing? I started hashing in 1992 in, well, technically my first hash was in Leavenworth, Kansas with the Heartland hash. The majority of my hashing was was with Kansas City, the Kansas City hash, and they're the ones who named me. Okay. Well, how'd that naming go? Um, you know, <laughs> people wish there was a good story behind it, but there really isn't. It was because I was already a sailor. They just thought that since I was a sailor, spent so much time in the water, that Darcy Blows would be a good name. No juicy story behind it. That's okay. Well, what was a sailor doing in Kansas City? <laughs> I was working there and sailing on the weekends with friends. We raced uh, Hobie Cats and traveled all over the Midwest and raced them. It was unusual to find a sailor in the middle of Kansas. And how did you get to that first hash? Do you remember who brought you and what it sounded like when you heard what it was going to be? Absolutely. Actually, I found out about the hash from an article in Outside Magazine, which still is my very favorite introduction to hashing. Uh, It was in Outside Magazine in 91, 92. And it was called Mad Jogs and Englishmen. It's still uh, still out there on the web. It's a great article if you want to read it. I read about that and I thought, gee, that sounds like fun. But, you know, what are the odds of me living here in the Midwest? Because it was about a hash in Sumatra, I believe. Hmm. You know, what are the odds that there's anything like that around here? Then, lo and behold, one of my coworkers went at the invitation of a friend who had hashed in Germany. He went to this hash up in Leavenworth and he came back all excited. And he said, you have to go next week. You have to go. You will like this so much. So I went with another friend and we were both just hooked instantly. And then I found out that there was one in Kansas City that was even more convenient than going up to Leavenworth. A hasher was born. Do any of those people have hash names that you know? Jingalo was the one who introduced me to hashing. He has since passed away, unfortunately. He was introduced to hashing by Muff Buffer, who I don't believe even hashed with us very much in Kansas City. He came, came and went. It was Jingalo who actually brought me to my first hash. What was the hash like in Kansas City then? The culture and the size and how much it cost? So you remember any of that? It was, you know, your general $5 hash. It was a lot of fun. It was mostly running. We didn't have very many walkers then. A lot of the same people that I started with are still hashing in Kansas City. And uh, some of them travel hash. You may have run across Bitch Ditcher and Chat Bitch and PMS and Sand Angel, Skunk Chaser. He comes from a long family of hashers. Uh, his dad is Half-Life. There's quite a few of them still active up there. And there's a whole new crew now that I haven't even met since I left Kansas City in 2007. Wow. But, so you were there for 15 years. Uh, yep. Long time. Uh, did you get into mismanagement with that hash? I was a haberdasher for most of my time. We did some out-of-town hashing, you know, St. Louis, Wichita, Omaha, local ones like that. But I didn't really know much about the wider world of hashing until three of our members went to the Interim in Orlando in 95. And they came back with such wild stories. And I said, where's the next one? And they said, 1997 in Trinidad. And I said, sign me up. So you went to Trinidad. What was your experience at that first mega event? (laughs) 
It was so much fun. And as it turned out, that's where I met music. I went for a sale together, fell in love, and the rest is history. We've been married 22 years now. Okay, but you stayed in Kansas City for another 10 years. I did. At the time, the music that I met, he was working a contract job in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, and it was coming to an end. And so I said, well, you know, I can move to Florida and we can both be without jobs or I can keep my good job in Kansas City and you can uh, look for a job up here. And he found a job right away. We were both in Kansas City from 99 through about 2003. Yeah, he moved to Key West to start a charter business. And so I was back and forth between Key West and Kansas City for a few years. Have you been in Key West since 2007? Yes, full time. What were your hashing options when you got to Key West then? There had been a hash here that predated music's arrival in 2003 and they were just they were just wrapping it up and they they really wanted no part of hashing anymore and so he kind of started it again from scratch so it's a very transient hash down here because of all the military and so it waxes and wanes we have huge weekend events Hemingway days which is coming up this weekend we have a big hash during fantasy fest new year's is always popular but our weekly hashes are, are fairly small down here we have a, a very small group of non-military hashers that kind of keep it going and then it it waxes and wanes as military come and go special place with all these festivals fantasy fest is kind of a interesting thing what's the hash do for fantasy fest we usually have a dress run. It's been blue dress the past few years to tie in with one of the charity events that we like to support down here. In the past, we have had red dress runs. We did a red or blue dress run. The Fantasy Fest happened to fall after the hash boat inter-Americas. Music actually chartered a bus to bring a lot of people down here to Key West for Fantasy Fest after that interim. So we had, oh, over 100 people probably for that event. Yeah, so we always do a dress run. We will usually participate in the Friday Night Locals Parade, which is a kind of a free-for-all wear whatever costume you'd like to. A Saturday, of course, is the big parade at, during Fantasy Fest, and so we always do a, a pre-lube hash for that. We have a few standing events, and then different groups of hashers, according to their tastes, will go to different events, because there's always eight or ten different parties you can go to every night during Fantasy Fest. So yeah. hashers will split off into smaller groups according to what they feel like doing. So you've been sailing this whole time. Hashing and cruising and hashing on boat trips has become big, partially with a lot of the things you and music have been involved with. When did you first go on a hashing boat trip? That was actually the hash where I met music. This is back in the early days of the internet, and I had seen him posting on, I think it was on Hash L, that he was doing a sailing trip after Interam in Trinidad. And he was going to bring a couple of boats down to Trinidad. You could stay on one of the boats during the weekend and then we were going to sail back up to the base where the boats were from in St. Vincent and I said you know sailing with hashers you know what could be more fun sign me up I was actually staying on the boat on one of music's boats in Trinidad and then we sailed along with a bunch of other hashers uh, back up to St. Vincent so that was the first time that I had sailed with hashers we've done lots and lots of trips afterwards on Small groups with hashers on sailboats, and oh, we had 80, 90 people on the hash cruise in Fiji. We've done Danube River cruises and Rhine River cruises, and of course, we always participate in the you know, Jolly Roger and Babe's hash cruise and some of Kitty's hash cruises. Yeah, we, we love to do those. What generally goes right or is special about cruising on a ship? On the big ships, it's 
I don't know, it's just fun to be with that many people and all have dinner together and, you know, go on hash runs on the different islands in the Caribbean. We, we just really like them. But the small groups are nice, too. We chartered a couple of sailboats after Mijas, Spain, 30th anniversary, and sailed around Mallorca with two boatloads. And that was great fun. We tried to tie up together every night and, and just have a little party on the boats. And it was a lot of fun. We just got back from sailing with a few hashers down in Grenada. Uh, have there been people to join you on a cruise that you've arranged, which it, where it was the first time ever on a boat? On the sailboats, yes. We've had a few people that it's been their first time on a sailboat. Uh, interestingly enough, we've also had the kind of the reverse experience where we've been on a cruise and picked up people who were not hashers who have since become very avid hashers. Won them over. So is there any seasicknesses like oh, some of the land lovers who tried your cruises? I can't recall any major incidences of that. No, not really. The sail after Trinidad was probably... Up to St. Vincent was probably the roughest ones. And the boats got separated due to some logistical and mechanical difficulties. And of course, back then, there was no way to easily contact one another. And so some of the boats uh, had a better time than others <laughs> in that little flotilla. And when you're on a ship, until you come back to land, there's no, almost certainly not going to have any trouble with the authorities for your behavior or. <laughs> no, but we did almost miss the ship one time on a very notable Babes Hash Cruise where we were attempting to bushwhack a trail and it went awry and it was much more difficult than we had ever anticipated. And it was a very fortunate thing that we made it back to the ship, not without the assistance of the local gendarme in St. Martin. <laughs> How'd they help you? How close was it to missing the ship? Oh, we probably were within half an hour. But <laughs> we struggled down the mountain, and luckily a couple of the faster runners made it back to the on-home where Music and a few other people, Music had just had knee surgery, so he was uh, sitting on the beach with a few others at the nude beach in St. Martin. The faster runners ran in and said, we've got to go rescue everybody, we've got to go rescue everybody. So Music stirred up a 12-passenger van, and somebody alerted the local uh, ambulance service and they were guided by those two faster runners back to where the, the rest of the pack was still struggling through the brush and uh, loaded us up and gave us some water and got us back to the ship in a hurry. That is more detail and adventure than Babe Thruster mentioned <laughs> when he told that story. <laughs> we also had quite an adventure in Jamaica one time. I don't even remember which cruise this was where we had booked a tour through the cruise company luckily and they were in a hurry to get us back to the ship it was a logistical problem on their end that made us very late and we got a police escort and i am not kidding it was a motorcycle cop who thought that our bus would fit through the same places that his motorcycle did and we knocked off no less than three rearview mirrors and witnessed a t-bone accident luckily nobody was hurt all because of the rush to get us back to the ship wow does Key West hash run regularly and when you're not there? We do. We try to run every Saturday. Um, we usually make it at least three out of four Saturdays in a month. Sometimes they turn into just pub crawls, but that's kind of what Key West is known for. We do have a few serious runs. The hash continues even when we're not here. Our house, if you look on Google Maps, our house is called the Hash House on Google hmm. Maps. Kind of like Hash Central for everybody here. And they will frequently gather here and we you know, keep the beer and the coolers generally around the house. So the hash goes on even when the music aren't here and a real fun bunch of local 
folks that run with us here. So a singing hash, no doubt. Absolutely. People, some people said, well, if you talk to the, go ahead and ask her, what is it like hashing with and traveling with music? Does he tell this? Does he ever tell the same story twice? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then, see, I would be the only one who would know that. So, yeah. And I've learned most of the songs. I don't sing them. I just sing along. And then we have a few songs that we do together that are kind of fun. What's one of the songs you like to be involved performing? Oh, we have one that we do that goes back and forth where we trade lines. It will be no fun if I sing it by myself. It's a song that sounds dirty, but really isn't. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay, I know which one. (laughs) Yeah. We enjoy doing that at a lot, of, especially if we're called into the circle as visitors. We like to do that one together. That's fun. And that's one of the things that first attracted me to the hash and especially to music when I met him was the hash songs. I really like them mm-hmm. and like singing them and like learning new ones. And I can remember being on the train in Wales from London to Cardiff. Mm-hmm. We were in the singing car with, I know we were with Ian Cumming. I can't remember who else was in there, but there were a number of singers and we sang all the way to Cardiff. Yeah. You've traveled not only aboard ship to lots of world and European and other big events. What are some of the memorable ones or places you've gone to cause a hashing only that you find unforgettable? Oh, I, I love Tasmania. I probably would never have gone to Tassie if it had to been for a, a world hash there. That was a very memorable one. Barobadur in Indonesia. I love Indonesia. We've gone back to Bali numerous times. I love hashing in Indonesia. Another place I probably wouldn't have gone had it not been for the hash. A lot of the Caribbean islands, be it on a hash cruise or on our own boat, hashing in the Caribbean is a lot of fun. Yeah. I like it all. I can't recall having gone to a big hash event that I didn't like uh with with the possible exception of the fire ants in austin <laughs> infamous and one time nature really struck yeah an interim when you think about that event to say wow yeah I, it would be great if there was a hash event at this place is there any things missing on the hashing world map of history wow south america they're really We hashed with the Montevideo hash in Uruguay and absolutely loved it. They were so fun and were so accommodating. We just had a blast. I I wish there were more big hash events in South America or more hash clubs that were willing to put on big events. And we're really looking forward to going to Colombia. Yeah. What about other characters you've met? You mentioned Ian coming from 17 years ago. Are there other people you've met that unforgettables that come to mind? Oh, it's it's so funny because when I was first travel hashing with music and I was just in awe of all of these people that whose names I had heard and then I finally got to meet them. Urine and, and Rosé and Sextoy. I love those girls. Oh, of course, Ian and the Penguin disco wanker over in Indonesia. Trigamist and I'm, I'm going to leave a million off. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's okay. It's just, it's just fun to hear some names. Yeah, to see how connected everyone is. There'll be so many people say, oh, I know some of them. Yeah. Sucks to blow. I knew he started Hash Space and knew his name, but I didn't actually even meet him until the Krakow uh, Eurohash in mm-hmm. Poland. Mm-hmm. And now they've become good friends. We travel with them. We just went to the Sucks to Blow and EW. We're at the Pan-Asia Hash in Zhangjiajie, China. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a wonderful event. It was so scenic there. And European horror made actually quite a splash. Oh, yes, she did in her superhero costume and being, you know, of course, 
six feet tall and long blonde hair. Every Chinese person there wanted their picture taken with her. And she was on the front page of the newspaper. Yes, and and when I when I mentioned that in front of them, sucks the blow points out. I was on the picture too, but I don't know if anybody was. <laughs> I don't know how noticeable he was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was that was a very interesting event. And, yeah, uh, no, no one's talked about that in detail. There were some very odd things about it as a hash event. The hashes were not much in the way of working together to solve a trail kind of hashes. They were more like group walks or runs through the scenery. One of the ones we did went through a cave, and it was a tourist type of cave, you know, where they had the floodlights trained on the stalactites and. But we went all the way through the cave, came out the other side, had a beer, and then continued on back to the buses. They were more group marches than <laughs> trying to solve a check, yeah. but they were. But it was fun nonetheless. The food was, let's say, less than stellar. It, all in all, it was it was a great event. The interesting <laughs> thing about that is we continued on and did a Viking river cruise in China and found ourselves in Wuhan, China, in November, just before the pandemic broke out. In the Pan Asia in 2019 the scenery was spectacular and we were a province south of wuhan province so you were there in late november yes we were that was where we boarded the viking cruise ship we were only there for a day we were very impressed by the city lights they choreograph all the lights and condominium buildings along the waterfront on either side of the river they're all color coordinated they put on a fabulous light display every night wow well, I mean, another thing, I'm just going to bring it up. The Pan-Asia hash for the spectacular scenery and one of maybe the most amazing settings for a place we've ever been with the Avatar forests. That was an event where hashers went home, even though there was beer left, because the beer wasn't <laughs> great and the entertainment was worse. And we yeah. kind of went home and went to the pubs and left. We did. walked. We walked away from free beer. It was the only yes. time I've ever seen that happen. But it was good to see people. It was a small group of travelers there. Right. Yeah. Some of the best times that we had were in the little pub down the street <laughs> yeah. from the venue. Because yeah, the beer and the beer was only like two percent alcohol. Yeah. It didn't taste great. It did not. I, I have. It maybe had nice protective chemicals that made sure we didn't get hurt from it. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> What is it that on that first hash or those first couple hashes that said to you, oh, this is for me? What was it about hashing? What is it about hashing that is for you? It, that first hash, I remember saying to the girl that came with me to it as we were running along, listening, watching people run up and down the hills and yelling, are you checking, looking? I said, I feel like I'm in kindergarten again. Like this is a game. And that's the thing that I love about hashing because I was a runner at the time, you know, I had run all the way through high school and college. And so just pure running didn't really excite me, mm -hmm. but the fact that you could turn it into a game like that. And the fact that you didn't know where it was going to end, that was the part that really appealed to me. And I still like those A to B hashes where you really don't know where you're going unless you follow the trail. Right. I they're Logistically, they're difficult, but they are a lot of fun. Places you've gone and sometimes had to travel light, maybe not always. What have you collected? What do you collect in terms of shirts and patches and other stuff from the hash? Oh my God, we have so many hash shirts. We have two, of course, for everything that we go to. I'm sure you guys do too. Uh -huh. And so I have to label them in the back, whether they're his or mine, or they all wind up in one place. 
I'm kind of over hash shirts and my happy coat doesn't really have any more room for patches. Plus it makes it really heavy when you sew them on. <laughs> so mostly anymore, I just collect memories. At first I was really excited about haberdash and I still like being the haberdasher because I am for the Key West hash also. I like buying cool stuff for other hashers and sourcing things. The light up shirts for Interam and Savannah. That was one of my favorite projects was the, uh, the light up foot shirts for the Okinawa Prelude hash. Other than that, no, I, I'm kind of over the hash stuff. <laughs> Okinawa Prelude, what, what about that tradition? You know, that was actually one of my first memories of meeting music because I was staying on the boat that he had brought down from St. Vincent, and he came home really, really late that night, and he had been at the Okinawa Prelude. So that was, of course, the first that I had ever heard of such an event. And then we discovered in Winter Park, I think it was, that nobody had carried on the tradition. And so we really quick just threw together a bunch of people and a few t-shirts and arranged for some beer and rounded up some hairs and kind of threw that one in Winter Park together at the last minute. And from then on, we kind of kept it going until Moon kind of stepped in and now he's keeping it going. And we've kind of been in charge of the Okinawa Prelude for, oh, six or eight interams. It's always the Thursday night before Inter-America's hash. And it's just a, a fun tradition that people who like it really like it. That's music's mother hash. Yeah. Our Inter-America's, they have a big presence that stands out to people and might probably surprises some people. Yeah. yeah, because it's just because so many U.S. military go through there at some point in their careers. Have you had any other injuries or lost lost on trail, scary episodes in hashing? You know, I really haven't. I've been very, very fortunate that I haven't fallen or broken anything, done anything other than get a few cuts and bruises. I knock on knock on wood because <laughs> I don't know how that's happened. How were you guys affected by COVID there and being able to go sailing perhaps some? How have you been able to hash and how much have you hashed during this whole pandemic the last 18 months or so? Music and I were actually apart for a lot of that. He was working on one of our rental properties in Albuquerque and they were not hashing. And then they started cautiously having a weekly drinking, get together, socially distant kind of thing. I was fortunate to be taking care of my father up in Kansas and hashing with the Yellow Brick Road hash up there. It's a small group. We kept going with just outdoor hashes and pretty socially distant. So I, I was able to keep hashing during COVID. When we came back to Key West, it was after the worst of it had passed. And we've pretty much just been hashing. They, they did quit hashing in Key West for, oh, I would say four or five months. Mm -hmm. uh, but Music and I were both out of town. But we have a very active Facebook group, and so everybody kind of kept in touch that way. We had a big group last New Year's, and I remember the RA, I think it was, I think music was RAing, and he said, okay, everybody in the circle, if you've had COVID, <laughs> more than half the circle oh my God. Stepped, stepped into the center. It, by then, you know, most people had had a mild case of it, or music had it. I was exposed to him when he had it. I never got it. Now everybody's been vaccinated. So. Yeah. Uh, the hash family is the best family. That's I, everybody that I know feels that way. Our group here in Key West is very, very tight knit. We hang out a lot together, even when we're not hashing. A lot of people know us because so many people travel through here. We get visitors all the time down here and we love that. The hashing world is just a wonderful world. And I wish more people could travel hash. And I know it's, it's expensive, but even if you can go to some of your regional events, I would encourage everybody to travel hash. 
because it just opens you up to such a wide world of different people. Yeah, maybe we need to find somebody new on Outside Magazine and have them do another article. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, you know, that one hit at the right time because there was no internet back then. And that was really the only way you could find out about it. That was back when they still published the hash directories and, and people posted flyers in bars and you had phone numbers that you called to find out where the hash was. I always remember a hash in Bangkok one time where we literally got a business card from somebody with directions written in Thai on the back. And they just said, give this to your taxi driver. And so we literally walked out the door of the hotel, handed this to a taxi driver, drove for 45 minutes and wound up at a hash. <laughs> in a, at the edge of a rice field or something. Yeah, yeah that's it's amazing. Just, it's crazy how it works. It's It has just you know broadened my worldview immensely. For somebody who grew up in Kansas, I would never have dreamed that I would have had the opportunity to travel so many places. And just see so much of the world and so much that your average tourist doesn't see. That's the thing that I really like about hashing is meeting with locals and seeing how other people live and seeing parts of the world that you are not on the normal tourist path. For hashing, you're not in Kansas anymore. For sure. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been great to catch up. I'm really glad that you're doing this. I really enjoyed listening to them. And I've encouraged a lot of our hashers, especially the ones who don't travel hash, to listen to them just so that they can meet other hashers, if only virtually, yeah. uh, from around the world. And I, I think it's a great idea. Kudos to you for coming up with it. And you're going to Eurohash Prague. You've already been there. When were you in Prague? What Was that for a, a specific hash event? No, although we did hash while we were there. I think it was a follow-on to a Viking river cruise that we did with hashers. Maybe it was around when we went to Vienna for Eurohash. You hashed with Prague Hash. Yes, we did. Are you going to Eurohash in Prague? Yes, we are. Although that's not hosted by Prague Hash, it's in Prague. Correct, correct. But we met Sloppy on a few occasions, and uh, he was on that hash that we did in Prague. Of course, he was on the Eurohash in Scotland. We'll look forward to this event. It will be fun. And we're taking a couple of boatloads of sailors, uh, hashers, sailing again in Corfu, Greece uh, the week before. We're maximizing our trip to Europe. Are there any slots left? No. I think we're full up. One final question for you, Tharshi Blows. Is the RA always right? <laughs> do you mean the RA or do you mean... Raw RA. No, 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 I'm I'm raw and Egyptian, but let's just say the religious advisor. Yeah, I'd say ninety-five percent of the time. Okay, that's an A that's an A almost an A plus. That is Darshi Blows. I want to thank her for coming on the podcast today. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, hasher stories, hasher history. New episodes every week. Until next time, on on. This is Ra. To close the circle. Here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me.